thank you. Ah, yes, this is lovely, isn't it? This is nice. Uh, welcome. Welcome one and all to this next act of the Valindra, the overgrown bushel of the Bristol comedy scene. Uh, give us a cheer if you've been to this next act of the Valindra before. Yeah. Give us a cheer if you haven't been before. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, well that's, that's good, you know, some returners, but also new interest. That's good, that's what we want. So, we're all here to have a good time, is that right? Yeah. Yes, good, okay, nice. So, for those of you who sort of might not, I don't know, if, if those of you who haven't been before, you, you don't sort of, maybe haven't been to much comedy before, just to give you a little sort of lowdown on what's going on, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna have some acts here, they're, they're gonna make you very, they're gonna make you laugh, they're gonna make you have a very good time. Um, but sort of comedy is kind of quite a unique art form in the sense that like, you guys are part of the performance. Yeah. Does that make you feel special? Yeah? Do, 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 do you feel like you're, you're doing something important? I mean, you're not, so I don't know, you probably shouldn't feel like that. But, but if you did feel like that, then, you know, good for you. Good for you. It's been a long day, guys. I know it's the start of the night, but it's still been a long day. Uh, great. So, uh, I'll start with, I'll, I'll start with a bit about me. Let's, let's, let's get to know each other. I'm, I'm Isaac Keane. I'm, I'm your host this evening. Uh, growing up, I, uh, I had a very strict father. Uh, he always tried to make sure there was no alcohol in the house that I could get my hands on by drinking it all. Uh, <laughs> drugs was another big thing of his. He fucking loved those. Uh, and uh, I, I used to get really embarrassed by my dad. You know, I used to get really embarrassed by him, and he used to get me quite upset. Not not the kind of not the usual stuff. You know, like oh, dad said something slightly racist at the dinner party again. More like local man found in bush. Um, <laughs> I've been doing this bit for quite a while now. I've only recently realized that the uh, dinner party line makes me sound incredibly middle class. Uh, but that's all right. No, but I, so I used to get quite embarrassed about my dad. He used to get me quite upset. He used to get quite down. Until one day, a good friend of mine sat me down and he said, Isaac, I know you get really embarrassed by your dad and it gets you really upset, but you don't need to worry about that because honestly, it happens to everyone. Everyone gets embarrassed by your dad. <laughs> so, good. We're all here. We're all having a good time. Are we, are we looking forward to tonight? Yeah. Yes? Okay. Great. You, sir. What's your name? Luke. Luke. What do you do, Luke? I pack internet orders. You, you pack internet orders? Aren't, as in, the, the things aren't... How can, you, how can you pack an internet order? It's like an order that happens on the internet. No? Oh, okay. You might think that that was me kind of doing a joke there, but I genuinely didn't understand. That was just me being stupid. I genuinely didn't understand what was actually going on there. Um, yeah, wow. I mean, yes, that was bad on my part, wasn't it? Uh, do, you, do you enjoy what you do? It's all right. It's okay. It allows you to do stuff like this. Yeah, which you do love doing. First time. First time to comedy ever. Wow, okay. Well, you are in for a treat. Yes, because after me, there'll be some good people. So, uh, that'll be fun, won't it? That'll be fun. Uh, right, great. So, what should we talk about now, guys? What should we talk about? Luke, what do you, what do you think we should talk about? Ah, interesting. You want to talk about things that you don't understand, is that right? Yes. Yes, you do. 
What, what don't you understand about the world, Luke? <laughs> what, what, like, what, what's, the, what's the big thing that perplexes you? People. People. People? Yeah? I think people are pretty hard to understand, aren't they? We, we can all agree on that. People are, people are strange, aren't they? People are weird. People are weird. That's a good one, Luke. We'll put that in our back pockets and we'll just, you know, it's all good. We'll keep it in our minds. Good. I, uh, there's a lot of stuff I, I don't understand about the world, to be honest. Uh, I don't understand why it's okay to touch the bellies of pregnant women. Um, I mean, it's not okay to touch the bellies of non-pregnant women. Why does it make it better that there's a child involved? Um, you know, other things. I, aren't all marriages arranged? I mean, you don't just turn up, do you? I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand why TLC won't just let Jason Waterfalls go. It's, it's, it's been long enough, you know. A groaner. That's all right. That's okay. Um, you guys ready for some real comedy? <laughs> yeah? I said, are you guys ready for some real comedy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Fantastic. Right. So the, next, the first act we're about to bring on is a wonderful act called Louise Lee. She's going to make you laugh. She's going to make you have a great, great time. But before she comes on, we're going to practice our clapping a little bit. Okay. We're just, we're just going to get some, going to get some practice involved here. So, uh, first, we're just going to start off with a, with a little one finger. If you, if you, if you just take your little index finger there, pick an inch palm and just sort of just keep going like that. So it's just like pitter patter of rainfall, that kind of thing. And then after a little while, you're going you're gonna, you're gonna to take your second finger and you start, you start putting it on there. Like, Ooh, okay. Yeah. All right. And you take your third finger because I'm, I, I am a three finger man and we're going to, we're going to start, we're gonna, okay. And now, now, now the four. Now all the five, right? And now we're going to start whooping. We're going to start cheering for Louise Lee. Belindra, hello. Um, hello, I can do that. Hello, hello, hello. Don't know what I'm doing. Right. Um, oh, yeah, that's how I st- That's weird. I've got to stand exactly here. Otherwise, you've got a head like a speaker. Um, it's not more attractive. Um, if it had been someone else sitting there, I might have said it was more attractive. Right, here we go. My baby don't love me no more Because I treated him I treated him Because I treated him For worms That's a little song called Cat or Husband. Um, so you guys can probably tell from the way that I talk um, that I get an organic vegetable delivery. Uh, never. Riverford every time, darling. The recipes are so much better. Um, 
Um, I do have a favourite thing, a new favourite thing, and I can't get it from Riverford, um, from Groceries Wise, and it is alcohol-free beer. And I love alcohol-free beer because you're not drinking, but you kind of look like you are. And my favourite place to drink it is, of course, in the car. <laughs> At eight in the morning. On the school run. Just handing it back to the kids. Um, so I'm, I'm 46 years of age. I'm officially pushing 50, uh, as of my last birthday. And, um, I have started to feel a little bit old and I've made a little list of things that are making me feel old at the moment. Um, and they are policemen looking young, uh, clothes coming back into fashion, my friends, kids getting jobs, uh, my kids' friends having babies, my friends' children being policemen, <laughs> policemen's babies coming back in fashion, <laughs> kids coming back as fashion police, <laughs> and finally, children fashioning policemen out of babies. <laughs> So one of the things about being 46 is that every month, uh, the perimenopause, or if I'm feeling hot, the peri-perimenopause, um, gifts me a new patch of unwanted body hair. They did not tell me about the elbow minge. I'm just going to have a feel of mine because it is quite comforting. Um, and also just to give any of you who want to have a feel the chance to just check on your elbow minge. <laughs> give it a few years. Um, so recently, my husband of 14 winters, um, a man my mum calls... Um, Poor Stephen. <laughs> um, recently, poor Stephen had a special birthday. And I felt that as it was a special birthday, I should offer him some semblance of youthful smoothness. Um, and we went away for a long weekend. And I said, darling, you make yourself comfortable. I'm going to make myself gorgeous. Um, and I went into, what was that noise? <laughs> That's what it is when I make myself gorgeous. That is the natural sound all humans make. Um, so anyway, I went into the bathroom and I lathered up. Um, now, do we have leg shavers in? Have we got any leg? Yes. Yeah. Don't you always start a bit like you're in an advert, you know? Pointy toes, sexy legs. God is on a mountain top. With that first furrow, so neat, isn't it? Burning with a silver flame. Goddess of beauty and love. And Venus is her name. She's got it. Yeah, baby. She's got it. I'm your Venus, I'm your fire, 
your desire. So when um when my when my mum taught me to shave my legs, she said, and I don't know if anybody else got this, that stop at the knee. Stop at the knee. Because above the knee tarts. Um and that was fine when I was a young woman. But if I stopped at the knee now, I'd look like I was wearing Bermuda shorts. And I'll be honest with you, you know, the top of my legs, the hair's there. They're quite golden and they lie quite flat and I could live with them. But when I look round the back, it's a very different picture. I look like my pubic hair has gone, oh, it's a bit crowded here. Let's start a suburb. <laughs> and so on we go. Running with a silver flame. God is a beauty and love. And Venus is her name. She's got it. Oh, I hear the primary schools are good. <laughs> and they've got plenty of permission for a waitrose. <laughs> Oh, well, they putting it on the brownfield site. <laughs> yeah, baby, she's got it. I don't piss or fart. It's a miracle. Um, I'm your Venus. I'm your fire. Pure desire. Right. So at this point, I don't remember. I don't know if you remember. At the beginning of this story, my husband's in another room trying to maintain an erection. <laughs> And I'm bored. I'm bored and I've realised that what I'm unveiling isn't all that. You know, it looks like a map of the Somerset levels. <laughs> Just waterways, blue lines and Neolithic scarring. <laughs> uh, and I also realised that he's not got a lot of choice. You know, there's not like a queue of women waiting to give him the ride of his half century. <laughs> um, so I put his razor away <laughs> and I come out of the bathroom and I go, hey babe, you can stand in for him. Uh, probably for a bit longer, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> he's terrific in so many ways. Um, um, anyway, I said, hey babe, would you like a sexy lady? Or something out of Narnia. <laughs> oh, bless him. <laughs> he chose Narnia. Twice. <laughs> right, I've no idea how long I've been on because as per bloody usual, I've forgotten to press the button every time. Uh, so I'm going to leave it there because that's the bit I'm doing and the thing and I've got to run. Um, but thank you so much. You've been really lovely. Keep supporting this gig. It's gorgeous. Uh, I've been Louise Lee. I'll hand you back to Isaac. Give it up again for Louise Lee. Yeah. All right. And keep it going. Keep the clapping going. Keep the cheering going. Get ready for Jesse Nixon. Went for a cheeky high five because I'm too sweaty for a handshake. Even for my close friend, Isaac. 
Hello, are we good? Good. Uh, I'm Jesse. I'm wearing a skirt, skirt with shorts, uh, because guys, I want you to want to have sex with me, but logistically not be able to. Um, bit more about me. Uh, I'm Bristol born and bred. Anyone else here? Bristol born and bred? Nope. There's all some Dorian. Good. Uh, yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure that my dad is Banksy. Uh, <laughs> Because I don't know who he is. Um, I haven't gigged in so long. Do some material, new material for you guys. This might be really dodgy. I don't know. Uh, I just love the adrenaline rush of knowing that I might just make a twat of myself. That's why. That's why I do it. That and that I'm too fat and poor to abseil. Um, so. hmm. Yes, I drank a spider the other day. Has anyone ever drunk a spider? Is that relatable? Con- Do you know, let's get to know each other. There's not enough of us here. Uh, let's just get to know who... who so you guys look nice. You're wearing matching outfits. Sort of. Though, I mean, they're not matching enough for you to be, like, terrified. You're like murder twins. If they if they matched, you'd look like murder twins. But it's just nice at this point, isn't it? And uh, who else has anything distinct? I don't want to... I'm not going to talk about them. Because, uh, well, ask them why in the break. Um... Oh, you at the back, love your hat and glasses. Do you know, you look like you should be like a CEO of, but like a funky company. Like Ovo or like Nestle, where, but like you have to call each other dude, and if you don't, you get like a review. Um, you guys at the back, you students? Nice. How are you feeling? Is it exam season? I, know, I, I graduated last year, but I have no idea what's going on anymore. How, what's going on? Fuck. Why are you still here? Because it's great, I guess. Yeah, well, I was at uni, when I drank the, um, spider, I was at university, but not my own university, so I just was, went teaching for a month, um, as you do, for money, um, and I went to the University of Winchester, and the accommodation there is just vile, it's just like, I forgot how much university accommodation is just an emporium of shit, like, there's just semen and tequila on literally everything. It's absolutely vile. And in my room, there was just this fuck-off spider. And I really hate spider. I have a proper phobia. Like, you know, I'm, I'm more scared of spiders than Jacob Rees-Mogg is of foreigners. Um, but similarly to Jacob Rees-Mogg, I don't have it within my physical capabilities to actually murder spiders. So I just create a really hostile environment in the hope that they fuck off or die. Um, and all of the aerosol that I was spraying on the immigrant, I mean spider, uh, just wasn't working. And they were just getting more fragrant and bigger. And I was like, what's going on? So I decided to take a different tack. Because, you know, I would usually use my cat. Does anyone ever use your cat? You know when there's a bug that's really high up and you just, you pick up your cat and you're like, shh, shh, kill it. <laughs> and you work together and the cat's in the air and having a great time. And it eats the thing and you're like, see, you've, it's a win-win. I don't have to deal with the moth and you've had a meal you know it's really nice but I, I can't use my cat a because he wasn't there and b because he weighs triple what he should and i can't pick him up for long periods of time um he is so fat that he can't even lick his own testicles uh, imagine not being able to reach your own balls for nine lifetimes he's so fat that he got dreadlocks because he couldn't wash himself so we had to shave him and then he got sunburned but we had to like I had to because you know he's a white cat and I thought you know he's running risk of being potentially uh, appropriative to cats for whom dreadlocks mean have a lot of religious or cultural significance so I had to do it but anyway this spider I really didn't know what to do so I um I named him Reggie 
because I was like, I, let's get to know each other. I can't kill you. I can't get rid of you. I'm just going to have to deal with you. So I named him Reggie and he sat in the corner of my room and we coexisted really peacefully for a bit until Enrique arrived. And Enrique was a bit smaller and he, he remained about three inches away from Reggie. And I kept telling him, I was like, get away from Reggie because he's not fucking around. I've spent a lot of time with him. I know what he's like. Um, until one day I was sitting in my room minding my own bloody business um, and two things happened. One which isn't relevant, but it's a child threw a frozen nugget through the window and it hit me on the face like that. And then after that, while I was recovering, uh, Reggie, completely unprovoked, just attacked Enrique uh, and tied him up really kinky. Um <laughs> And just left him there and I was like, fuck, you know, I, I can't get involved in this, but it, it feels like a bit of a transgression of the non-verbal tenant agreement that me and Reggie had. Um, and so I left to go to work and I came back and Enrique was gone and I knew that Reggie had eaten him. And I was like, what the fuck, Reggie? Um, and then I was like, but there's no corpse. And then obviously I went to drink some fucking water to calm my nerves, you know, and I I drank Enrique, guys. <laughs> And it's probably like the fifth most disgusting thing I've had inside myself. <laughs> you know? And like, I'm all for like free range organic eating, but not that organic, do you know? I don't know. Mm. Oh yeah, so unrelated. I've been trying to get a boyfriend recently. Uh, hi, my name's Jessie. I'm wearing a skirt and I drink spiders. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> no, uh, and I'm really struggling. So I, I, my pulling technique's really weird. Like, do you want to see? It'll be you again. Louisa's stand-in husband. Now you can be my stand-in club. Oh, did you just sort of... He went, hmm. <laughs> I'll take it. So this is how I pull, like... I don't know. Um... This, yeah, you, you're in the club and you, you see like the fella of your choosing and you give him the eye. Yeah. And that can go on for as long as you want. This is the, this is the, there you go. Uh, so he's in, he's in, he's trapped. He's entranced now. So you lock, lock eyes and then you just walk away, but you do it like this. <laughs> like that. Cause that's my whole thing. I'm really flexible. You <laughs> cannot imagine the girth of my labia majora. But yeah, it's really annoying as well when um, when boys think that you're hitting on them when you're not. Like, it's platonic. And and I asked a guy out the other day platonically, and I was like, do you want to go see Deadpool 2 with me? And he was like, oh, yeah, Deadpool 2. My, my girlfriend really likes Deadpool 2. My girlfriend really likes Deadpool 2. And I was like, Dad, I know, you, I know you've got to... G- it's my mum. I know she likes Deadpool 2. We've both been inside her. Fuck's sake. And stop making graffitiing social commentaries on the side of our house. That callback was a bit far away. It was quite it was quite a while ago, wasn't it? Um, oh, but I went on a date the other day. Went on a date the other day. Uh, and flipping heck was it a, a date and a half, ladies and gents. I'll tell you what happened. So um, I just done a gig and a guy asked me out. And then the next day we went on the date. And hello. And uh, ooh, uh, no. No, okay. Um, he's he's playing hard to get. Um, yeah, I went on a date and we went to this place called the Peace Garden, and you know it's already going to be wanky when it's called the Peace Garden. And we sat down in the Peace Garden and we talked about ornithology for a bit. Who knows what ornithology is? You know what? Someone explain you what's ornithology? Study of birds. Study of birds. There you go. And I don't mean women because 
we're women, not birds. Um, but yeah, and he, he told me this cool fact where um, pigeons is how to tell the difference between pigeons and wood pigeons. And he said pigeons go hoo hoo hoo, and wood pigeons go hoo 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 hoo, and that's how you know. And I've given you a nugget of wisdom there, ladies and gents. And he said the way he remembers it, because obviously it's integral information that you need every day of your life, is uh, that the pigeons go, you bad boy. And wood pigeons go, you bad boy, Peter. <laughs> I, yeah. Cause, and it was funny because his name was Peter. And that's what he told me. And then after that, quite shockingly, uh, he just pulled out a dildo from his back. And he just went, what kind of sex do you like? And I really didn't know what to do. And I sort of steered the conversation away because actually, frankly, I don't think he could handle the kind of sex that I like. Um, and he was like, oh, do you want to go look at the topiary? And I wasn't entirely sure what topiary was, but I thought it's probably not pubes. Uh, so we went into the topiary bush and in it was just like a used nappy and a bottle of Fanta. Uh, and he took my rucksack off of my back and he hung it on a tree. And then he started talking about Game of Thrones. And I was like, this is safe ground now because I bloody love Game of Thrones. Um, but then he started talking about how the rape scenes in Game of Thrones turn him on. Um, and then he let in for a kiss. Uh, and I thought to myself, wow, he's really putting the close in closet rapist. Uh, <laughs> but luckily, I had brought along with me, as well as natural intrinsic charm and a push-up bra, a bottle of Lambrini that I'd found on the floor of the pub the night before. Uh, and so I just held it up in front of my face and damn, he smooched that instead. Um, and so I'd kind of won. Um, but then I was texting my mate to tell, to text me to tell me that my mum had died. She dies all the time. Like every time I'm in any sticky situation, she, oh, she's gone again. Uh, and so I was doing that. But while I was doing that, he swooped in again and he got me this time. Um, and it was like a full six seconds. And then on top of the six seconds, he just started to choke me. Uh, and I feel like, yeah, some of you guys may be taking this too seriously. It's only an assault. Just a, just a fun, quirky assault that I can comfortably chat about on stage after it happened. Um, don't worry guys, it's fine. You know, I took it seriously. I just knocked him in the knob like that, like perfectly, perfectly, like you gotta, you do it so that the ball sack gets pushed into the, the rest of the groin area and they it really it really works a treat so I did that and then I said you bad boy Peter <laughs> wow it took a long time to lube you guys up for a fairly underwhelming punchline there uh, <laughs> oh yeah and this last bit's really weird but we'll do it anyway uh, so I decided I, after that I didn't want a boyfriend and what I wanted instead was actually just a tapeworm because I, I've been trying to lose weight recently um, because like, I feel like I'm I'm not really fat, but I'm, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm not fat enough for it to be my thing. Like, do you know, like I'm not fat enough to be in the, the special category of Pornhub, do you know? So like, and it's a bit annoying. So like either I put on enough weight that I start to appeal to a very specific demographic of fat fetishists, or I lose enough weight that I start getting fingered in Subway again by, but you know, something's gotta change. So I thought to myself, I just want a flipping tapeworm. This will answer all of my problems. And do you know, what's what's a friend more loyal than a tapeworm? You know, I'll get a tapeworm and I'll call it something quirky like Miranda or Picasso or Adolf. And it will live within me and it will gradually sap all of the nutrients out of my body um, until I'm skinny enough to procure a boyfriend with a saviour complex. <laughs> And it'll be fine, and he'll like buy me expensive organic pizzas from fancy eateries to put the colour back in your cheeks. 
Um, but you know, the, the, at this point, I'll just be a husk. I'll just be a conduit for Adolf to enjoy a free pizza. And like my savior complex boyfriend will start an online blog about the importance of macrocosmic body positivity nationwide, you know. And like it'll gain a fair amount of traction and he'll get quite a lot of pussy from it. So then he'll cheat on me and it'll just be me and Adolf again because you can't trust anyone apart from your own tapeworm. And eventually I'll just be basically skeletal and Adolf and I will coalesce into the soil together to meet our makers. Uh, and I think that's beautiful i think it's a lovely metaphor for life because you know everything that you strive to do ladies and gentlemen is fundamentally uh, fruitless and banal uh, and when you die whether it be of a intestinal parasitic infection or just nerve agent everything that you've achieved is ultimately as weird and underwhelming as the end of this set Give it up again for Jesse Nixon. Yeah. All right. Okay. We're going to have a short break now. Uh, and we're going to come back again. We're going to have two more acts. And we're going to have another break. We're going to come back. and It's all going to be good. Right. So short break. What's the time now? It is nearly 22. So should we say, if we aim for 10 to? 10 to 9. Well, we'll, we'll aim for then. Okay. Woo. section yes are we going to enjoy this section yes probably probably we you probably will luke did you enjoy the first section you did what did you do with your break yeah is it a good break you got a drink yeah standard break yeah all right good good okay well jesse earlier was talking about um mentioned birds as in like in relation to women saying like there's women as birds that's another thing i don't understand there are male birds. Why, why? I don't get that. Birds for women? I don't understand. What, is, what does that come from? I don't know. Luke, do you know? No. no. Not an ornithologist, no. no. Uh, Luke, I actually found out something interesting about you in, in this break. Uh, I found out how you know Dorian. Am I allowed to say? <laughs> that was a... Uh, that, that was a debating. Well, I mean, thing is, I bought it up now, so you kind of have to say yes, or else you're going to ruin it for the group. <laughs> I mean, are you just going to do my material now, Isaac? Yeah. I'm not going to do, no. You're just going to step on my toe. Well, you, you can do it if you want. You can come up and, and you can talk to Luke. Do you want to do it? No, don't do that. No, no, no. That's terrible, I'll never give the mic back. So, can I say? Oof. 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 Yes, that is a good... Well, okay, okay, so now that I have asked... Because I really don't want to do it without you saying yes, because like you say, consent is very important, but at the same time, I really, really want to do it. If you must. If I must. Okay, great, I must. Uh, so, Luke? Wow. I don't know if anyone else heard that, but someone up here just said, that's basically consent. That's on the podcast now. <laughs> You'll be recorded. That will go down in history. Um, so, uh, Luke, 
knows Dorian through BDSM. Hey, thank you. Thanks. Um, I don't actually know what BDSM stands for. Really? No, genuinely I don't. I, I mean, I know it's a, I know kind of, I get the vibe of what's going on. Okay. So Luke, what's your, what's your, what's your favourite bit? Is it the B, the D, the S or the M? It's the D. It's the D. No? You don't know. What? You're new. Okay, so you're trying to figure out which letter you like. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Yeah, okay. I mean, B's pretty good, right? I mean, I don't know. What does it stand for? What does B stand for? Bondage. What bondage is? I don't know. I've never done it. Is it all right? Is it good? It's pretty great. Okay, apparently it's pretty great. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. We'll just keep saying that. It's pretty great. This is a sensitive topic. We can move on if you want. Yeah? Okay. Well, uh, no, that's all right. That's okay. That's okay. We'll just... If you have questions, just ask me in the next break. Okay, I will do. I will induct you. I will take you to many parties. I will ruin your childish innocence. <laughs> wow. Yeah, what an offer. What an offer. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that how, is that how I was? Oh, I didn't mean to be doing that. I'm so sorry. If that was how I made you feel, then, you know. How do you like to have sex, Isaac? <laughs> Just boring missionary. Cool. Yeah, that's me. Now we've all something yeah. That was fun, wasn't it? You can learn a bit more about me if you want. I, uh, all right, well, okay, talking about me, yeah, yeah, now you know how, I've, well, no, never mind, we'll forget about that, uh, so yes, a bit about me, uh, something interesting, something good happened to me recently, moved in with my girlfriend, Woo. Woo. yeah, soon afterwards we uh, hit, hit another big milestone, we broke up, oh. uh, yes, great, didn't see that coming, did you, and neither did I, uh, fantastic, yes, um, no, I mean, but we do actually still live together. That's that's still genuinely a thing. And, you know, people often ask me, they're like, isn't that kind of awkward, like living with your ex? Because, you know, like, what's it like when one of you brings someone else home? Isn't that really awkward? And to be honest, yes, it is awkward, but it's less awkward than when she did it before. Um, but genuinely, I don't, I, I don't want to be bitter. I, I don't want to be one of those bitter, horrible people that blames their ex for everything that goes on in their life, you know, I feel like I'm becoming one of those people, and, and I hate her for making me that way, um, because to be honest, like, even though it, it ended in tears, like, I still learned a lot from it, you know, uh, it was a five-year relationship, I still learned, I learned a really important lesson, to be honest, and that's, the lesson I learned was that, what I know now is that if you really love someone, and you really put in the effort, and you really try your hardest, and you really sort of put their needs above yours, and, you know, you're just really, like, you're really committed. If you do all those things, she will still leave you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, that was good, wasn't it? On that note, are we ready for some more real comedy? Was that an oh? Sympathy. That's all right. If I can't get laughs, I get sympathy. That's fine. That's fine. That's what I'm here for. That was basically my relationship anyway, so that's all right. Um, yes. I said, are we ready for some more real comedy? Woo! Woo. Okay. Fantastic. This next act that we're going to bring on is 
good friend of mine, very funny guy, Colin Reynolds. He's going to make you laugh. He's going to make you have another great time. So, before we bring him on, we're gonna, since we've had a little break, we're a little out of tune, we're, we're going to play a little bit more, we're going to do a little more practice. So if we just start with a one, start with a one, and then move to a two, right, and then, and then move to a three, move to a three, to a four, and now to a five, and now really ratchet it up, start whooping, start cheering for Colin Reynolds! Nice one, thanks guys, thanks so much. Just a second, I'll sort out this mess that I created for myself. Nice one. Can you hear me all right, everybody? I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but um, anyway, I'll just, I guess I'll just cut straight down to the fucking chase. Um, I'll just like to tell you a little bit about um, my very accidental spiritual awakening where I got to meet God, um, who's actually a sound enough blog once you get to know him, but I'll get to that in a bit. Um, about four years ago, um, I just returned from Australia where I was living for, for seven years. And I, I was in like a very, financially, I was in a very healthy position. I had a good job and a nice apartment, but I was actually a bit depressed and a bit homesick. So I decided just to move home. And um, I went from earning a really tidy wage and living in a nice place to being on the dole and living with my mum. And like when you're 30 years old and your mum is grounding you and taking your taking your PlayStation away, it's um, it's only going to further along me down a depressive, fucking self-destructive road. And my days basically entire entail of going to the pub, going to the bookies, going to the pub, going to the bookies. And the universe is a fucked up thing. I kept on winning. It was just really weird. I was like, oh shit, I've got 200 quid in my pocket. Fucking, I should be happy. What am I going to do? I'm just going to get fucked up and get wrecked again. Probably buy a few bags of coke for my friends who are only liking me because I'm buying the coke. But anyway, I guess I could have bought something nice for my mom, but like, fuck her. She shouldn't have taken my PlayStation away. But um, anyway, my, my accidental spiritual awakening happened one night where um, I was at a house party and um, I was I had a fair bit of alcohol inside of me and probably a little bit of cocaine knowing me. And I decided, why don't I supplement the night with a little bit of LSD? And what's the worst that can happen? And um, this mad, weird feeling came over me all of a sudden. And I was just I was just shooting the shit in the corner with one of the lads. I was like, yeah, it's a fucking kill party, man. You know what I mean? The um, tunes are good. The, the vibes are good. The buffet seems to be going down a treat. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm God. I was like, what? Well, think you've done too much coke tonight, buddy, mate. You may as well. But, um, this weird feeling came over me where I literally was convinced that I was God or I was visited by God or some mad weird shit was happening to me. But I was getting all this ridiculous healing energy from some place that I couldn't, um, couldn't comprehend. And, but like anyone who knows me knows that like I talk a lot of shit. Like I talk a lot of nonsense and it's very hard to know when I'm messing and when I'm, when I'm being serious. So I was basically going around the house to people that I don't know saying, I am God, I love you, and I forgive you, all your sins, and I know there's a lot of them, um, but when you're on acid, your hand-eye coordination is not what you think it is, so I thought I was touching people there, but I was actually touching them some, <laughs> s- somewhere else, which I won't do, because it's your first night of comedy, and we, we don't want any lawsuits, do we? Uh, how many is that now? Uh, but we'll get there. <laughs> but yeah, but um, anyway, I realized that, like, I am depressed and I'm a mess and I'm self-medicating and this, this is, this is not a healthy way to be. So I, and I realized that like psychedelics, I was getting some sort of healing 
kind of energy off the psychedelics in an accidental way. So I, I started researching like the use of psychedelics in a, in a therapeutic way and like lots of research has been done and lots of progress has been made. So I decided to get in touch with people who know about this thing and ended up going on a, um, a magic mushroom retreat up in the Dublin mountains, like away from society, away from people, away from alcohol and away from drugs. And, um, I was like in a situation where we were out in a campfire and I just ingested the medicine because like that's what it is when it's when it's used in the right way and I could see like my life story unfolding behind the the shadows and in, in the fireplace and I could see all this mad stuff happening like different moments in my life that were very profound but the thing that sticks in my mind was I was on this like tropical beach and I could see myself surrounded by these kind of beautiful female entities like not non-human kind of and I was kind of looking like I was happy and I was pretending doing this gesture to myself like I was doing this and I was going Ugh. and then I went Bleh. and basically the universe was telling me that like mate like all this partying while fun at the time it's taking a it's it's really fucking you up on the inside and as I this realization dawned on me this mad thing happened like this the fire turned into this beautiful kind of liquid rainbow in front of my eyes and this fucking rainbow came at me and kind of embraced me and this really warm fucking kind of caressing movement like do you want me to show up now <laughs> um but and yeah the feeling of well-being just hit me and lasted for months and months and months afterwards and i actually haven't touched antidepressants since so it's um yeah it's just it's it's something that i mean i'm gonna say it's for everybody but um depression i don't know if anyone here has struggled with depression but for me the way i'd equate depression is it's like you're on a car on a hill and you're fucking, you're in the wrong gear and you're trying with all your might to fucking progress forward and then you just can't, no matter how hard you rev the fuck out of the engine, you ain't going nowhere, but then you just take a look down, compose yourself, fucking handbrake is on, you fucking idiot. <laughs> and um, that handbrake can be anything, like it could be your career, it could be you're drinking too much, it could be your lifestyle, but once you use like psychedelics in the right way, they can... They can like teach you and give you the courage to like realize what is holding you back and force you to confront it in a very direct way. And once that happens, like your life will improve. Well, mine, mine certainly has. And, um, that brings me to the, the next part of the story. Um, it involves DMT, which I don't know if anyone is familiar with DMT, but it's, um, whoop, anyone? No, but anyway. <laughs> The, um, basically, it's the most potent psychedelic known to man, and allegedly, the moment before you die, your brain releases huge amounts of DMT to, to um, make the, the, the transgression from this world into the next easier. And um, the first time I smoked it, like in my room alone, I could um, see this temple pillars or columns, for want of a better word, um, appear before my eyes. And then there's this beautiful female entity that I've seen before on other trips, and she was kind of winking me, enticing me in. So I decided I'll take maybe one more hit, like what's the worst that can happen? And next thing, you know, like my life, that theory, before you die, your life flashes before your eyes, and that, that did happen to me. My life flashed before my eyes, and I was like blasted back in time to all these times in my life when I felt close to God or the universe or whatever you want to call it. And I was like, I remember being a kid looking up the stars in amazement and just being in absolute awe, and then I was flashed back to other times when I was maybe climbing a mountain or other times I was around nature. But then this entity appeared, and she was like, mate, do you remember that time you freaked out on acid and you thought you were God? And I was like, yeah, kind of. And she was like, well, i got news for you, mate. You, you are God. And I was like, get the fuck out of town, man. You must have me confused with someone else. But um, then she said, do you want to know what it feels like to be God? And she put this kind of crown on top of my head. And the feeling, though, just, it's, it's indescribable. It basically became the fucking universe, became everything that ever was or ever will be. And I came to in my room. It sounds like 
fucking very tall tale, like way too much coke and whatever, but it, but it genuinely isn't. And I came to in the lotus position and I looked down at my body and I wasn't skinny little me. I was like ripped. I had like a proper decent body. Like I was smashing the gym for fucking ages. And I was like, damn, fuck going to the gym. I just need more of this. But thank God my mum didn't walk in. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I wasn't really sure where I was gonna, gonna end this tale, but, um, yeah, um, the, Fucking talking about depression certainly helps. Boxing it in does not help. So this has fucking been therapy for me. So it's and I didn't have to pay for it. So um, I'd like to thank you for listening and being sound and being cool and give you back to someone hopefully funnier. <laughs> nice one. Cheers. Give it up again for Colin Reynolds. Yeah. Nice. Good. Uh, so Colin... Colin was talking about depression, about getting it out in the open. I, uh, I actually did suffer from depression. Uh, about, about, about a year and a half ago, I went through a very dark period of my life. Um, or as some people call it, winter. Uh, and uh, and w- w- with the whole breakup thing, I actually am a little bit worried that maybe I might sort of slip back into those kind of bad habits, things like that. So I've been trying to, you know, I've, I've been trying to get into a good routine, things like that. Uh, and I find that actually... When you're in this kind of state, uh, one of the things that is the best is exercise, uh, specifically running uh, away from my problems. Um, suddenly the breakup makes more sense. Um, but no, in all, in all seriousness, I, I, I do actually think that running is the best thing for people who are depressed and things like that. Because what is running? Well, it's a socially acceptable form of self-harm. <laughs> you know, like normally I self-harm and people are like, I d- d- don't do that. But when I run, you know, it, it really hurts. And, and it's a pain I deserve. Um, but people just say, you know, keep, keep going. Just, just keep going. In fact, I, I, was, I was going for a run the other day. And uh, I was going running through the park. And this, and this guy said to me, he said, uh, you can do anything you put your mind to, buddy. Keep running. You can you do anything you put your mind to. Keep running. Which is nice. But also, I don't really think it's true. I mean... Yesterday, I got a stitch while driving. And the best thing about that was, or sorry, the worst thing about that was that my reaction was to slow down. Oh, been taking that a bit hard. Better ease off the accelerator. Turned out to be good advice, though, because uh, later on the run, uh, I actually, I got mugged. Yes, genuinely. Good advice. Keep running, right? Um, well, okay, so I say mugged. At the very least, you can describe it as an attempted mugging. And by that, I don't mean I kind of fought him off. I mean, I imagine fighting off a mug is probably more strenuous than driving. Um, no, I say attempted because even though he kind of went through all the motions, like he did all the, the mugging stuff, right? He didn't actually take anything. Uh, and the reason for that was didn't have anything worth taking, which is quite a low point, got to be honest. You know, you don't really want on your gravestone not worth mugging. But in my defense, like I said, it was on a run. Uh, and I don't know if any of you in here are muggers. But if you are... My one bit of advice would be don't mug someone when they're on a run. For starters, I was already running away from him before he began the mugging. He had to catch up with me so that he could mug me. And second, I don't carry anything on me when I go for a run, nothing of value. All I carry is my keys so I can get back into my house. And I said this to him. I said, mate, look, I don't have anything. All I have is my keys. He said, all right, well, well, give me your keys. I then had to explain the concept of keys. They're not valuable in and of themselves, you have to have the thing you can open in order to get any use out of the keys. I said this, and I said, oh, it's a good point, good point. Well, tell me your address then. I said, look, mate, what incentive do I have to tell you the truth here? 
I'm going to tell you a random address. You're going to fuck off over that way. I'm going to go home. I'll never see you again. He said, oh, that's a good point, good point. All right, well, walk me to your house and give me the keys there. And guys, I know I said I'm not a fighting off the mugger type. But I was like, do you really think I'm going to walk you all the way to my house and give you the keys so that you can mug me? So long story short, if anyone knows where I can get any furniture, that would be, uh, that would be fantastic. Okay. All right, next act we're going to bring on is Ali Hancock. All the way from Cardiff. Swansea, even. Sorry. <laughs> right, yes. So, remember, no, we're not going to play the game. We're just going to go straight in. Just start clapping. All right, now start cheering and get it, raise it louder. And get ready for Ali Hancock. Good evening, everybody. My name is Ali, and I am completely fictional. Yes. Completely made up. I live in a nonsensical, fictional world, and so do all of you. You can't be that surprised. Politics does not get this fucked up in the real world. <laughs> anyway, um, I've lived in the fictional world for quite some time, and as you might imagine, uh, stories build up and lies accumulate, and I'd like to settle one thing once and for all. I did not steal baby bear's porridge! It's a setup. I can't believe it. I mean, look at the evidence. Look at the evidence, right? Three bowls of porridge, okay? Biggest bowl of porridge, daddy bear's porridge, too hot, fair enough. Mummy bear's porridge, a smaller bowl of porridge, and let's ignore that bit of sexist bullshit for a moment. It's just, it's too cold. Whereas baby bear's porridge, the smallest bowl of porridge is just right. That doesn't obey the laws of thermodynamics. <laughs> Different sizes. Oh, anyway, bears don't even eat fucking porridge. <laughs> anyway, so, um, I forgot. Oh, yes, yes, of course. In the fictional world, you get to meet, you get to meet a lot of interesting characters. And I don't mean to name drop, but, uh, you know, you know, Red Riding Hood. Yeah, yeah. The red with the hood. Yeah, yeah. Fucking crazy bitch. She killed and ate her own grandmother and blamed on her little dog. <laughs> Wasn't even a wolf. I heard as well she would have worn her skin, but she couldn't iron out the wrinkles. <sighs> my, my young lady, what big issues you've got. <sighs> no. um, the thing about being in the fictional world, you may well be new to it, is um, everything is sentient. Everything, everything can talk, everything has an opinion. It's bad enough when you humans do it. But in a fictional world, you end up in like conversations with a teapot and trying to explain philosophy to a chair. It's it's just no good. But anyway, I did once uh, really um, insult a pine tree. I really needled it. (laughs) Made Christmas an absolute nightmare. But luckily, its bark is worse than its bite. (laughs) And... A groan, groan counts as a laugh. <laughs> I'm also old enough to remember the time when the alliance of puppies and kittens took over. Yeah, for years they reigned like cats and dogs. <laughs> uh, a few things to watch out for, though, in the fictional world, because you may not be used to it. Um, be careful of old ladies with fruit. In the wrong hands, an apple can become a pomme de terre. Fine, it wasn't that bad. Uh, and also, if you find yourself in bed with a princess, do not eat breakfast in bed, right? Because if we can feel a pee under seven mattresses, 
You can damn well fill your toast crumbs in the sheets. And we will grow up to be queen. And we will have your head. On a similar note, (laughs) if you do find yourself trapped in a tower by an evil witch, however much you fancy a bit of sexy time with your hot prince boyfriend, don't, don't use your hair as a ladder. It's a really bad idea. I mean, those princes are heavy. Lay off the roast swan, you son of a witch. I mean, maybe it's okay for little people. For little people, yeah, yeah. Or maybe you should have tried the other locks. And that is why they call me Rapunzel. Yeah. I would have wrapped that bit too to make the joke doubly work, but I'm 42 and white and we might die of cringe. It's entirely possible. Anyway, I had a few jobs. I've had a few jobs in the fictional world. And one of my favourites was when I was a little mermaid. You know Little Mermaid? Yeah, Ariel? Yeah, got a good reception for that. Uh, anyway, I... <laughs> I liked living underwater, and I, I liked it so much. I liked it so much, I decided to stay. I decided I was going to stay and set up my own mermaid detective agency. Now, for this next bit, I need you all to do, like, kind of saxophone, bluesy, film noir music, like... I haven't got a fake cigarette yet. I was young. I was idealistic. I, I thought I could clean up this goddamn dirty rock pool. I thought I'd be chasing down an enemies of the state. It wasn't long, but I got involved with some fishy characters. and It was an unpoipus, but I owned money to a lone shark. And I started to hit sea bottom. That all changed when I got a call from Dr. Octopus. Notorious gangster. Big in the arms trade. <laughs> she walked into my office. Yes, she, because women can be imaginary Salafpo gangsters if they so wish. <laughs> she walked into my office, legs right up to her neck thing. <laughs> she pursed her beak thing at me and just said, <laughs> I'll translate. She said, I got a job for you. That's tentacles. I got a job for you. I want you to take out Poseidon Colleone. <gasps> the Codfather? Poseidon Colleone was a human. He'd made his money on the seahorses, set up his own gangster network across all the seven seas. To some, he was a god. So I set off to capture my prey. I decided to take public transport, but as usual, the sea trains weren't running, and I had to take the whale replacement service. (laughs) This job had me on edge. For a while, I thought I had a tail. I I did have a tail. I'm a mermaid keeper. (laughs) Then I spotted him. I drew my water pistol. He tried to hide behind a coral reef, but thanks to human action, coral reefs are mostly dead and shit places to hide. (laughs) He tried to escape, throwing bath bombs behind him into the crowd. Death by rose-scented glitter. Oh, the humanity. I chased him. I chased him through the oceans. I chased him through the seas. I chased him to the beach. Damn you, Poseidon Colleone. You sleep with the fishes.
it up again for Ali Hancock. Yeah, all right, okay. We're going to have another short break now, uh, about 10 minutes. We're going to come back. We're going to see the last two acts of the night. What time is it? It's 25 past, so let's say 25 to. Let's aim for 25 to back here. Sound good? Yes. Great. Go get yourself a drink. Woo! Fantastic. Did we have a good second section? Yes, yes, we did. We did. I mean, I was there, so I know. Uh, Yeah, we had a great second section. What did you guys do with your break? You, madam, what did you do with your break? You went and smoked? Well, that's a bad habit. You shouldn't do it. Uh, I mean, I I also smoked. Uh, Adil sneezed. Uh, Good. Okay. (laughs) I also smoked, so, you know. It doesn't matter. It's fine. The way I see it, the way I see it, by the time we get cancer, they probably will have cured cancer. So, you know, it's fine. Exactly. It's all right, isn't it? It's okay. So uh, I, was talking, I was talking a little bit earlier on about, about my breakup, about, about things that are going on in my life. Uh, the one thing I will say, guys, is that uh, actually I've got something exciting coming up. I am moving to China. That's genuinely true. I am actually moving to China. This is a thing. I'm, I'm going for a year. Uh, you know, some people, I, I say this to some people, and they say, they, they accuse me of sort of running away from my problems, things like that. And to be honest, I don't think that's true. I, I wouldn't say I'm running away. I'd say, if anything, I'm running towards something. Uh, and what am I running towards? Well, the away direction, yeah. But, you know, it still, it still counts. It still counts. I, I'm actually, genuinely, I'm a bit, bit worried because... I have been to China before, and I know that they are a little bit not that welcoming of foreigners. Specifically, the Chinese government genuinely is is actually quite suspicious of foreigners. Genuinely, because they think a lot of the time they're worried that they're spies. That's actually true. Uh, last time I was there, um, I was I was with this Chinese person who was pointing out to me at this poster in on on this train. Uh, it was basically it was this cartoon of a Chinese woman. And a Western man, and uh, in the cartoon, they're sort of they're, they're falling in love. The, the Chinese woman falls in love with the Western man, and then sort of a few scenes on, the Western man starts asking for the Chinese woman's state secrets. This is genuinely true. This is actually a poster that was on one of the Chinese underground trains. The and it sort of and the tagline was, you know, be wary of them because they might ask for your state secrets. And my first thought when I saw that was like, this is horrific. This is horrendous. They're just kind of sowing sort of racial discord. They're like, you know, sowing an atmosphere of, of distrust, things like that. My second thought was, what state secrets do ordinary Chinese citizens even know? And then in fairness to the Chinese government, my third thought was, what state secrets do they know? Do you think, do you think I could, do you reckon I could seduce one of them? And get them to tell me their state secrets? I mean, the poster makes it look pretty easy, right? All you've got to do is kind of sweet talk them in a Western accent, and then, you know, boom! Launch codes. Uh, and then, and then probably boom again. I, I mean, I... T- <laughs> okay, great. 
That's probably the end of that bit. <laughs> We're going to bring on your last act of the evening. So keep it going, keep the clapping going, start cheering, start whooping for Sam Lloyd. Oh, I know what you're thinking, guys. I know what you're thinking. You think, really? Two of them? Two men booked on the same bill? Really? Do they know each other, I guess? Just going to be talking about boners all night. Sorry, guys. I've only got one boner joke, and that was it. It's absolutely fine. Uh, I love that Luke's moved to the back. <laughs> uh, that's called a learning curve. You're right. Um, you're right. It's like traumatized. I promise you, right? Thank you for supporting comedy. Really, really appreciate it. It's not all this interactive. <laughs> it's not all <clears throat> tell me stuff about the bedroom. That was uh, was fun. Um, I haven't ever put anything in my bum. There you go. We're on the same level. Uh, that's fine. It's fine yet. Uh, it's, sorry, Dorian. Uh, that was wink right at you. So uh, I'm going to be trying out some new material tonight. So I'm just going to let you know the rules. New material. Just mind you of the rules. Uh, if it's funny, stand-up comedy. If it's not, it's spoken word. <laughs> Those are the rules. Uh, that's the laugh of a man who has listened to a lot of spoken word. <laughs> Cut. Uh, that's fine. Uh, it's nice to be here, guys. Uh, yeah, I've been doing uh, I've been doing stand-up for seven years. Thank you very much. Uh, both of my pa- uh, both of my brothers work in finance. My parents pretend to be proud, and I'm definitely going to die first. That's the situation I'm in. It's very nice to be here. Uh, I've been doing stand-up for seven years. During that whole time, people have the same, have said the same thing to me over and over again. They've said, uh, "If you're not going to buy anything, leave." But they've also said, "They've also said, when are you going to go pro?" Yeah, when are you going to go pro? And the answer to that is no. So I'm not going to go pro. That's not part of the plan. The reason I'm doing this, this is a bet that got wildly out of hand. <laughs> I'm supposed to be a drummer. <laughs> I don't know how I'm here. It's not my dream job. A lot of people think stand-up comedy is my dream job. It's not my dream job. My dream job was to be a fireman. Right? I wanted to be a firefighter. It's pretty cool. Couldn't, though, for two reasons. Firstly, I'm a lover, not a fighter. And uh, secondly, uh, I wasn't brave enough. Thank you. <laughs> I wasn't brave enough to be a firefighter, you know? I wasn't brave enough to pose for all those nude calendars. <laughs> you know, every time I see a firefighter walk down the road, I think, there you are, you brave man. <laughs> Mr. April. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Uh, it's not my hobby either. Some people think stand-up comedy is my hobby. It's not. I know what my hobby is. My hob- hobby is uh, going to Subway. Uh, there's more. <laughs> um, my hobby is going to Subway and looking the staff dead in the eyes as I refill my cup a second time. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Ice? Ice? I can't have ice. Ice is free. You're nothing. You have no power here. What are you going to do? Throw me out. And then they throw me out. <laughs> throw me out, guys. Some people, a lot of people say to me, oh, stand-up comedy is brave. It's not. It's not real bravery. I know what real bravery is. Do you know who's brave? Those women in tampon adverts who wear white jeans. That's real bravery, man. Nature calls and they go, you know what? Today's white jeans day. It's not just white jeans day. Not only am I, not only am I in incredible pain, but uh, I think I'm going to do some lunges. I feel like today, so that nothing's getting past this. Nothing. I don't wear a white shirt in case I go anywhere near spaghetti. <laughs> 
and then lunging. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, uh, give me a chair. There were students in, but they left to not study and not pay any tax. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I was a student, uh, for a while and it was quite fun, but it was a bit weird at times. Uh, like I only used an iron once. The whole time I was a student, I used an iron once and that was to, to toast bread. Um, cause someone else was already using the toaster to heat their room. So it's a bit of a weird situation. The other weird situation I was in, uh, I had no overdraft when I was at uni, which is, uh, you know, it's a blessing and a curse because on the one hand, it meant I didn't have all the extra debt as well as the usual debt. But on the other hand, it meant that if I had nothing, if I had zero pounds, I had, ze- I had zero. I had nothing. When I had nothing, I had nothing. So this meant that uh, for three days at the end of one month, um, I had, uh, to my name, 50p. However... Uh, as a free gift with, from my internet provider, I had a £100 M&S voucher. <laughs> I've never felt so poor and yet so rich <laughs> at the same time. Anything in M&S, I, I could buy. Any, as many sunblush shoes as I could eat. But anything in Poundland... <laughs> was beyond reach. I had to press myself up against the, the shop window of Poundland, looking at all the eight packs of lighters I couldn't buy, <laughs> crying as I ate a raw aubergine. <laughs> it's a weird situation, man. Weird situation to be in. Uh, I had really, I had really good news last week. Um, I'm, uh, I'm not a robot. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Huge news. Don't know if you've had this news, but, uh, I, I didn't think it was a thing, but let, there I was last week buying tickets online. And then uh, this little test comes up. Um, I've got, there I am with two tickets in my basket for uh, Strictly Come Dancing Live. And uh, no, it's a good show. Um, and it goes, uh, just checking, Sam. Um, you're not a robot, are you? And I go, well, I don't think I'm a robot, which is exactly what a robot would say. So it goes, just got a little test for you, Sammy. Just got a little test. Uh, you see this box? Ticket. Good luck. <laughs> Not gonna lie, guys. Pass with flying colours. Don't know. I didn't know that was how you check for robots. Would have made Blade Runner a very different film. <laughs> we think you might be a replicant. Here's the box. Could you please tick it? <laughs> He's done it. Okay, we're gonna have to be more thorough. You see this word? You see how it's all squiggly? Can you tell that it says Camel Wolf? Can you tell? Blade Runner 2. <laughs> Go to the cinema, guys. Um, I reckon, I reckon that's really weird. That's gotta be weird if you're buying tickets to Robot Wars. <laughs> you're a robot. I don't know. I don't want, I don't know what I'm signing up for. Um, cool. Uh, so, uh, just so you know, um, there's a porn star called Sarah J. And she's followed on Twitter by Barack Obama. There you go. That's the interesting fact for the evening. How did I come to know this? Good question. Uh, I was very bored on a day that happened to be my birthday. Uh, but um, so basically, the way a lot of porn sites work is they have like um, like a sort of chart of like the most popular porn stars at the moment. It's like a it's like a ranking. And I was just going through them and seeing on Twitter 
who I know, who I follow, who follows them. Uh, so I was going through in order, and Sarah J was about five or six on the chart. She's had a, having a really good season, and uh, and uh, it was it was like three people. Two of them are fellow pivots, and uh, the other was fucking Barack Obama, and not like the president account that would make sense now, but it was like Barack Obama. And I, I'm, tr- I was trying to work out why. It was like, oh man, like, is, is he into it? Was there a medal involved? I really wanted to know. Is that how it, is that, now I know how he unwinds during a drone strike? I mean, it's quite exciting. The reason I know this fact and the reason I tell people is because things people talk about at parties has changed. Because <laughs> party, co- I need something to change the subject when it gets too deep. So I just like throw in a, so in a random fact. Another good one. Uh, 2010 World Cup. The only team to not lose a single match was New Zealand. Because the, uh, the eventual winners, Spain, lost their first match to Switzerland. And uh, New Zealand drew all their games. So not enough to qualify and get to the group sta- uh, knockout stages. And uh, yeah, so there's a, that's my backup fact. <laughs> And this is the tone I like to set at parties. This is to spring it back. Because people talk about weird shit. Someone will, they're serious now. So someone will say something like, oh, Sam, what do you think about uh, the, obes- the obesity crisis? And I've got, I've got two voices in my head. How do I tackle this? Because on the one hand, it's going, well, it's not a crisis. You know, we should accept body types of all types. And I, you know, I don't know how much of it is just put on by the media and what we, what we think is the natural way a person can look. And the other side's going, well, it's, if it's a health issue, it should be dealt with as a he- health issue. And let's be honest, working class families suffer more from this kind of thing due to lack of access to a decent diet because of their income. It's like, well, no, that's not necessarily true. And so, well, yeah, it kind of is because it's a medical issue or a social issue. It's a medical issue and social. So they say, Sam, what do you think of the obesity crisis? I go, Sarah J is a porn star. <laughs> Spotted on Twitter on by Barack Obama. That's really interesting because what do you think of pornography as like a something you can? Is it like is it liberation of, of women and just being able to you know is it a form of sex work that should be like liberated or is it is it a form of the male gaze? You know New Zealand. <laughs> That's why you need the backup guys. So I need the backup. How long have I done? I've done ten minutes so uh should i k- keep going do you want one more i don't know how, how do you feel how, how are we looking at yeah, yeah. what was your name again by the way adil is the nicest man i've ever met <laughs> just so you know he's the nicest i mean i know it's in his blood because he's you know canadian so he sort of has to be <laughs> <laughs> right. are there any do you know any assholes from home yeah there's assholes I bet this, I bet they're lush. Uh, I bet they're the nicest people. Um, which bit should I do? Uh, recycling Polish granddad or haircut? Cool. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I recently had a shit haircut. It wasn't this one, but thanks. Uh, it's, it's fairly believable. Um, I had, I had a shit haircut and now I'm, I'm the kind of person who cares a lot about his appearance. I know he, it's hard to tell from my appearance, but, <laughs> I don't have the, I don't have a lot to work with. <laughs> so little details, I, I'm fully aware I look weird. I've got a weird body shape. I do my own body shaming. It's all organic. Uh, that's how I know where it comes from. I look really top heavy, right? I've got that kind of body. I look like a half finished game of Jenga. I get it. So when I get a bad haircut, it really like gets to me. And I had this, uh, this bad haircut. I, I sat down because I didn't see the need to stand up. Um, and, uh, 
I asked for something quite simple. I said, I could have a number four on the sides and back and just a little off the top tidy up. Uh, number four, that's, that's fine. And he, he heard that order and he said, oh, sorry, mate. Um, the numbers don't go that high. <laughs> what? <laughs> the, the numbers don't go that, he, he hasn't heard past four. <laughs> like, how, how are you qualified? I mean, this guy's, wait till this guy hears about 20. Holy, <laughs> holy shit. I've got loads more. Eight? That's what, I could go on. Uh, <laughs> but I'm already overrunning, it's fine. Um, I was amazed by, but also confused. I was very confused. And I was trying to process it. I thought, no, 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 what do you mean? Is that, no, I'm going to have to give you a one. What? <laughs> right, went for the bottom here with a one. And from there, there's no going back. <laughs> it gave me a number one on the sides and back. But the other bit, he didn't have a problem with, left it all on the top. So... Try and pitch on that heads. Now, that is a pretty cool haircut if you are anything but a white man. If you're, if you're a white man with that haircut, it looks a little bit white supremacist <laughs> One of which I'm not. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Some of my best friends aren't pricks. <laughs> like, um, no, thank you. Um, and this the worst bit was, like, I know... If someone works in something where they need to have a good taste of appearance, you kind of want to judge their appearance. It's not the best thing to do. But I was worried as I sat down because I noticed there's, I love tattoos. I think tattoos are great, but taste is a thing. And he had a tattoo in his ear of a cobweb. <laughs> and I had no idea what it was supposed to mean. I don't know what the message was behind that. Maybe he's a bad listener, <laughs> which would explain the numbers thing, I guess. But it wasn't a good sign. And halfway through the haircut, he was cutting my hair. And he went, oh, mate, you know who you look like? That is not what I'm supposed to hear from the guy who's making me look like what I look like. He shouldn't be surprised. He went, oh, you know who you look like? One of them guys from Peaky Blinders. Oh, cool. I'm a, I'm a racist, brummy gangster who's now dead. Perfect. Thank you very much. Sign me up. The bit, worst bit is when you have to pay for a shit haircut because that's when it's all galling. And um, I, uh, I was really embarrassed. I'm doing that ruffle thing, and we're not happy with it. And he, he asked for sixteen. He said, "Oh, that'd be sixteen quid." And I thought, "Oh, that's steep. That's," oh, I wasn't happy with that. I thought it'd be, you know, he asked for sixteen quid, and I thought it'd be cheeky. And I went, uh, "Sorry, the numbers don't go that high." <laughs> Didn't work. Start to pay. Um, guys, you've been absolutely lovely. Uh, if, if you're up in Edinburgh Fringe this year, if you're going up, uh, don't. Comedy is a sham. <laughs> uh, right, I've been Sam Lloyd. Cheers. Give it up again for Sam Lloyd. All right. And give it up one last time for all the acts you've seen tonight. You've seen Louise Lee, Jesse Nixon, Colin Reynolds, Ali Hancock, Sarah Breeze, and Sam Lloyd. Okay, and one last thing. We are on every two weeks here at the Valindra. We're also a podcast as part of the Out of Lives Network. So if you like what you've seen tonight and you want to see some other stuff or you want to listen back to what you've seen tonight, go on to there and download the podcast. It's great fun. And that is everything. Woo! Oh, and also give a round of applause for yourself because you've been a great audience. So There we go. Disperse. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
www.outoflives.net.